Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to a court of fairies and fangirls. I'm Alex. And I'm Sarah. And this is a Sarah J. Mass fan podcast where we are obsessed with her books and can't stop thinking about them or talking about them. So we figured why not record us thinking and talking about it. We're going to break down chapters, go through each book separately, go into character analysis and any thoughts or kind of theories that we have about books, characters, plots, etc. And maybe play some fun games along the way. Exactly. So welcome and enjoy. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Alex. How are things? Things are hectic. So hectic. So hectic. Y'all, you don't know yet. Mm-hmm. You're going to know very soon. Very soon. So soon. Mm-hmm. But we we have some crazy stuff happening in the background. There's so much. I feel like with, with what we're doing, with like my life, with my work, with yeah. everything. Yeah. It's just, I know we've talked about how busy we are, but I feel like we're it very busy. It does not stop. And hopefully you'll, <laughs> in it like a week or two, yeah. two weeks, mm-hmm. you'll understand Yes, one of the added pieces of stress. Yes. But it's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah, what have you been reading recently? Um, I feel like I finally read Happy Place and am now like an understanding of why everybody was talking about this book. <laughs> it took you so long. I know. And I read it in like a day. So Right. It was it was such an easy read. It was so good. And honestly, when I was reading it, I was like, I feel like this isn't five star worthy. I was like, this is definitely gonna be a four star. And then I got to the last hundred pages and I was like, <laughs> I'm crying like the whole time. I was like, no, five stars. Five yeah. stars, hundred percent five stars. It was all the feels on that one. And I just, it was a surprising, mm-hmm. like the relationships, the fact that it was so friend focused, not yeah. just like love interest. Yeah. Focused. It was like a cast. Yeah. Rather than like the typical Emily Henry book where it's like the main two. Right. So it was, it was all the feels and it made me so happy to read. So oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. I was very happy with that. Oh, it's such a good, you're happy. About happy place. About happy place. Yes. It was such a sweet book. Mm-hmm. Mm. If you haven't read it yet, it's been out for like six months. I know. Get on it, people. Very behind the train on that. No, one. you're okay. But <laughs> everyone else, let's go. Um, what about you? Uh, well, I am. I am so 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 close to being done with the unmaking of June Farrow. Okay. Um, it's by Adrian Young. I like. I have like fifty pages left. I just was like literally in bed at midnight reading this like eyes watering because i'm exhausted but i was like you have to put it down at least you have to go to sleep now <laughs> um and it's so interesting yeah it's like magical realism mm-hmm. vibes and i'm i still don't fully understand what's happening even though i only have like 50 pages left but i am thoroughly intrigued by it mm-hmm. so who knows what will happen with that but yep. 
interesting it is and actually i read that book too so i guess that's on my i just read list oh yeah yeah, yeah. um so what did you you finished it what did you think of it at the end so i liked it i think i wanted to like it more mm, okay i i don't know it it was enjoy it was enjoyable i gave it three stars okay i liked it i felt like it was one of those like three and a half ish stars and i was like yeah i don't think it deserves the roundup yeah I right I think right now I'm at a f- I'm at four level, mm-hmm. but it's one of those situations where it's like the ending is really going to make or break. Yeah. This one. And I won't spoil it because you haven't finished it, but I'm so close though. It, it like, I liked it. It's, it's similar to like happy place where it's, it's not just the romantic love interest. Like there's so much more yeah. love in this book, which I really liked, which I what made it like the three and a half star versus a three to me. Yeah. Um, so I'll let you obviously figure out what happens, but okay. it's an interesting concept because there's like time travel yeah. involved. And I feel like time travel is one of those things. Like I've seen movies and you're like, mm-hmm. huh? or you've read books and you're like, yeah, you just can't question it too much. Right. Well, and I think Adrian does a really good job of trying to give a clear mental image of the time travel mm. in her book so it kind of i thought she did a very good job in that aspect because it can always be a little weird to me yeah so i will definitely shout her out for that okay yeah so i'll have to see what you think when you finish it okay i'll mm-hmm. keep you posted yeah okay so um i was scrolling the other day and i stumbled upon something that i thought would be super useful to you okay um, it's an app called hello there which mm. just sounds fancy um but it like it lets you digitize and organize your cards that people send you um so i was just thinking about how you know you just moved and you're trying to sort of be minimalist ish uh, <laughs> as much as i can it's so hard i know as much as you can um and i knew you were like trying to throw stuff away so with you not having your own office like your husband does mm-hmm. I was like oh this would be perfect for Alex um and I know you're like a sentimentalist so I, was, <laughs> I am that's why it's so hard to be a, a minimalist I know I know so the, I was like oh this could be perfect for Alex okay um, so basically you can like digitize and store your cards in this app um so okay I was like, oh, so like maybe you could save space and throw out your cards instead of having to keep them all I know I love this idea because like I I love a physical card um but it's just like when I'm sorting through things and I just see the card there I'm like am I ever gonna look at this again like what why would I even do this so I understand why people love the physical cards and like I love receiving them like it's just so fun to open those envelopes but it's almost like an Mm ebook but for cards yeah and so it kind of helps solve that debacle of like, well, you could have both. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, what if your house catches on fire mm-hmm. and you lose all your cards? <laughs> then you have them. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm totally going to check this out. I also keep getting cards now for my baby, mm-hmm. too. That's a whole other, like, added. Yes. Plus, <laughs> holidays are coming up. So yep. I feel like this is a very relevant thing in our lives now that we are moms. Yeah. I love this idea. Speaking of the holidays coming up, Christmas cards. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. So it's not just like birthday cards right christmas cards christmas so you can like look back and look through your whole family for like years to come because i love saving christmas cards i don't know if you remember this when you came by my house at christmas time i like put them up on the fireplace mantle yeah when i get them Mm -hmm. and then each year i just kind of put them back in with the christmas stuff oh you keep them i keep them (laughs) (laughs) i do you if you come come by my house i keep them but i don't put them out again right because i i put the new ones out right yeah of course but now now I could save them in a safe way. And you could throw them out because I feel like keeping other people's Christmas cards is a little... I like it. 
very sentimental. I get it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, okay. You don't do this with your Christmas cards, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you remember with my Christmas card. Mm-hmm. I like, like my family gives updates, like life updates on their Christmas cards. Oh yeah. We are not those they'll, people. Right. So like they'll write like a poem about what the whole family did that year oh, or goodness. like that's the kind of stuff my family, my extended family does. Yeah. So that's why I keep them. Yeah. I but this that. is really cool. I like it. Yeah. Um, so we have another incredible author we this do. week. Every week. I mean, every week we're going to be. I know. I'm so sorry. But like, I can't help it. I know. Because they're all incredible. First off, they wrote books. So I don't care how crappy the book. <laughs> they're all incredible because they did it. Yeah. True. Accomplished people for yes. sure. Um, but this week we're talking with Kay Cove. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I. OK. So I feel like there's spice. But this is. Yeah. Steamy. Oh, I was. Ooh, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm blushing reading this, and I was. Ooh. But I also like could not put it down. It was so good. So she she's written other books, but we recently interviewed her about her book Camera Shy. Mm-hmm. We hope you guys love it. This one is heavy on the romance. There's not really a fantasy element to this week, mm-hmm. but this book was just too incredible to not share with you because the message. We'll get we'll get into it in the interview. Mm-hmm. But the message of this book is chef's kiss. It's so good. So we hope you guys enjoy. Uh, Well, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. We have another incredible episode for you today. We are talking to the amazing Kay Cove, author of Camera Shy. Kay, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're so glad you are. Um, Well, let's let's dive in. First off, we just kind of want to get to know you a little bit better. Um, Sarah and I love like personality tests. So like if you have a Hogwarts house or something, throw it in there. But otherwise, like just tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, I love that question because I'm just going to be honest. I tell everyone I'm a Gryffindor. Like I'm going to I stick by that. But here's the truth. I'm a Hufflepuff through and through. I'll take it 50 times. It's Hufflepuff all the way. Love it. Um, but, you know, I, I may or may not own a Gryffindor scarf. I don't know. I love a fellow badger. You're perfectly fine. Oh, okay. Awesome. I'm not alone. <laughs> um, no, Hufflepuff was awesome. I, I, I keep meaning to do a little bit more research into like more tests because it's they're becoming very personality based, like exactly. inspirations. And I'm like, oh, no matter what, though, I just keep getting that badger. All right. <laughs> good um, people. That means you're a good person. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> But as far as me, I mean, I'm, I'm really not that cool. So I'm a mom of two, two little boys who are very energetic and very young, um, military wife. So I just, I just mom and wife and write all day. That's, that's basically my jam. Um, but as far as, you know, kind of stuff I'm into, man, I know. And I know people always ask me like, what are you reading? I'll be super honest. All I read right now are my friend's books. Um, Love it. That's great. <laughs> like kind of prioritize. Yeah. So we do uh, like kind of smaller indie authors, really, really great reads, but um, it is really, really hard to find time to balance everything. So usually when I get a spare minute to myself, I'm trying to get my word count in. Um, I definitely slowed down a bit this year as like marketing responsibilities have picked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, it falls here so i'll probably be doing some more baking but we love it yeah, yeah. i mean that's basically it i'm, I'm just not that interesting oh, <laughs> you are that's so absolutely not true <laughs> i feel like you probably get to move every couple of years so that's interesting you have kids we have kids it's interesting like you're a very interesting person <laughs> yeah. Kay. you're, oh, you're okay. talking to, to two new moms like mm-hmm. we empathize with the like 
how how do you find time to do anything? Yes. <laughs> well, it, you have to make time, but it also grounds you. It, it just works a different part of your brain. So I think it's so good to have something outside of momming, even though, you know, without a doubt, it's my number one priority. It's the thing I love most. But the, the precious times I get to myself to disappear into another world I'm writing, I'm, oh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. So. <laughs> Well, I love that. Well, want to like better understand, like, how did you get into writing? Like what inspired you to become an author? Yeah, you know, it's I don't, I don't really know. It was a very sudden shift for me. So my background, my degree is actually in human resources. And I worked in corporate wow. for a while. I actually wow. um, owned a business a long time ago for um, admin assistance. And then most of what I was doing, like I was working from home before it was cool to work from home. Like, <laughs> like doing the home office thing for goodness, like a decade. Um, and so I worked with a lot of um, like CEOs of startups mm -hmm. and I never wanted to be entrepreneurial. I was like, nope, I, I want a corporate office. I want a cubicle. And then I want to work my way to like a quarter office. <laughs> I knew my path. Um, but working with so many of those entrepreneurs kind of just made me more comfortable with learning how to um, just sort of navigate and then be passionate about something and then figuring out how to monetize that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm still trying to figure it out, but you know. Um, <laughs> so I, my last job was um, supporting a affiliate marketing um, company. And I learned so much there about, I, I kind of call it guerrilla marketing. <laughs> more like influencer marketing campaigns and learning how to um, get a little bit more involved in social media marketing. And people were really uh, just finding things that they were passionate about and finding a way to make it into a career. So I kind of got to this wall where I'm like, man, I feel like I'm working 12 hour days sitting in front of my computer. I'm missing my kids and I'm just not feeling fulfilled. And I just started writing a book for fun. I this is before I knew Bookstagram or Book Talk was a thing. I like it's a whole brand new world. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, I really want to read a book. I don't know where to start though. I kind of have this idea of what I want, but I couldn't find it. So I wrote it, and mm -hmm. that became <laughs> that became my debut novel. Um, and I got in touch with an editor, and she was also kind of a book coach and. I just became obsessed. I was like, I just want to talk about romance stories all day. I want to talk about writing structure. I just, I want this to be my entire personality. And so it just snowballed from there. Um, I yeah, I had, I had intended on slowing down at work. And so I took a step back from that and just had more time to write. And then one book turned into two, three, four, and here we are. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So you're, I know I said you're talking to two new moms who can emphasize. You're also talking to two corporate girlies who would love to eventually be out of the corporate world. Yes. So like, there's just like, so I'm like, so deeply, like, I feel in sync with you. Like, you, oh, that's awesome. you are who I want to be yeah, in a few years <laughs> at this point. It's hard. It's, it, it's so different. And it's so scary too to not really have that, um, kind of like security blanket because there as an author especially as an indie author you might put in a lot of work and not necessarily see a return on that investment um but at the end of the day for some reason just spending my time with something that I really deeply care about ended up being more fulfilling for me mm -hmm. um and I know not a lot of people have you know the opportunity to say hey I'm I'm going to focus on this part of family life while you know my husband takes care of the other um but 
the opportunity was there. So I seized it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. Awesome. So how many books have you actually written now? Like which number is camera shy? Camera shy. It's the sixth book I've written. It's the fifth book to be released. So I've okay. been, um, I have my, my next release coming out. I've actually been sitting on it for a really long time, which is odd for me. Cause I usually write edit and it's out to market. Um, so my next release, I I'm very excited. It's, it's been with me for, gosh, I think I wrote it of started in November of last, no, probably like September, October of last year. So, wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that is book number six, and I'm currently um, in the middle of the seventh. So. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and so, I mean, camera shy, Alex and I would, I mean, I read the dedication, which I'm going to read aloud because if you haven't read this, you need to hear it. It's, yeah. It when I read it, I was like, I'm, this author like is speaking to me and every other female out there. Um, so I'm going to read it for everybody. It says, this one is for every single woman who feels less than and is battling insecurity. It's time to pick up your crown queen look in the mirror. You've been royalty all this time. Act like it. And that is all the feels. I just got chills hearing it again. I I love it so much. It's amazing. You're brilliant for thinking of that because it's, it's so true. Like I was reading this book and I truly felt what she was feeling in so many different moments. Like it doesn't matter how, you know, how beautiful you are, how beautiful other people think you are. Everybody has insecurities and it is something triggers it and you can't stop the spiral. And I just like, I felt her emotion in this book. Oh, I love to hear that. That warms my heart. And I I am blown away by people's reaction to the dedication because I almost didn't put it in. It, (gasps) it started as just a note to my PAs. So my PAs are also my alpha readers and Mm -hmm. they really connected to the story. And, uh, you know, I said, this was just going through in my head, but I'm like, I think we all need this. We just need this inner confidence. So I, I typed it out to them and they're like, that better make it into the book. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, who does the dedication? So, well, I'm very glad it did make it in that, that hooked me from the get go. So I love that. Yeah. Um, and I mean this whole book, like I thought it was deeply moving. Um, and I guess I'm kind of wondering like, why did you think it was so important to write a book with this message specifically? Well, I, I knew I was going through kind of a a period of insecurity, especially, you know, I I hate to say indie author, it's authors, period, it's any sort of creative, it's musicians, it's, it's moms, it's women, it's men, it's everybody who um, is hard on themselves, anybody who tends to in their own life, not be the loudest voice in the room. Mm -hmm. And I was having those feelings and I somehow wanted to convey that, but I, I wanted to write a story about not, um, conforming to what the world says is right or perfect. Like we, we have to create our own version of happiness and fulfillment. And so I said, how, how do I get to that narrative? And obviously body positivity is, I think something that is a profound topic to a lot of people. A lot of people are struggling with body image. And so I wanted to kind of write it through that lens. Um, but I think it's so important to work on changing our mentality before we try and work on changing, you know, the physical. And in no way am I saying for this book that happiness is not like be the best version of yourself, whatever that means. But if that's a mentality switch, I think that's where we have to start because, you know, I truly meant it as I wrote it. I think, I think confidence starts with the way you see yourself, not with the way the world sees you. So absolutely. A hundred percent. 
Yeah. Um, and so when you were writing this, like what, what was your favorite moment to write about and why? Yeah. Well, treading carefully around spoilers, my, (laughs) (laughs) my favorite moment, my absolute favorite scene, which is weird because, you know, we write a spicy romance and (laughs) it's not a romantic scene, but (laughs) was just the, the resolution of Avery and Palmer's friendship. I think I did tear up while writing that. Um, usually I like to edit as I write. So, you know, I'll write a few paragraphs or I'll write a chapter and I'll go back and I'll, you know, re-edit that. Um, but that I remember just writing raw, like my fingers were just moving. I wrote the scene and I had to just step away from it because I felt like I went through the conversation and I was like, Oh, this is, this is heavy. But that was by far, I think the most emotional scene I've ever, um, I've ever written. So I think to me, that was the most empowering moment for Avery, like, Mm -hmm. and yeah, that, that was just the most fulfilling scene for me to write in camera shy. So that's awesome. I mean, I got emotional reading that. I mean, just her confidence in herself at that point, I was, it was amazing. Just her journey and Palmer's a crappy friend. So I'm just gonna (laughs) putting it out in the world. If you haven't read it, you need to read this book, but if you know, you know, okay. Um, and speaking of Palmer, um, obviously we think she's a terrible friend. Um, and, you know, Avery stuck by her for so long. And that just completely contrasts to Lennox, who, you know, we she just recently meets and she hardly seems to know Avery, but manages to be such a better friend to her than I think Palmer ever did. Um, and just, I guess, why do you think Avery stuck by Palmer's side for so long? And, you know, what did being friends with Lennox help change about her perspective of Palmer? Yeah, well, Avery was in such a small bubble. And I really tried to paint that with, you know, she doesn't really leave her home a ton. And that's not to say that Avery, um, I don't think her narrative was completely accurate of herself. She's, she's definitely not a lazy person. She's an extremely hard worker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, she, she works from home and she's working ridiculous hours and her entire life is surrounded by these two people. And when you're not really engaging in friendships outside of what you've known your entire life or for a really, really long time. Sometimes you don't even recognize the toxicity. Um, what I was thinking of is there, there's some old story about, this is kind of sad, but you have this frog in this aquarium and they gradually heat the water just like so, so gradually mm-hmm. to the point where the frog is boiling, but doesn't realize it because it yeah. happens over such a long time. And to me, that's Palmer and Avery's friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, where you're so used to, and one thing that happens in the book constantly is Palmer will word vomit and then it's, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. But you know, how how many times is that okay? Mm -hmm. And I think Avery really needed to have a breath of fresh air, see a direct contrast to say, hey, you know what? This doesn't, not only is this not necessary, but it doesn't make me feel good. Maybe this doesn't have to be an option. Um, so Lennox was very purposeful in that sense. So, well, I yeah. think Lennox did a great job at being her friend, even just like taking her shopping, encouraging her to wear clothes that she never would have, and just like yeah. stepping outside of herself. And I think we all need friends like that because you're yeah. right. We do, we slip into those relationships where, you know, it's been a friend since middle school and you're like, oh, but they love me. But does it, does it really benefit you? I think it's like, as adults, it's really hard to form new friendships. And so we kind of rely heavily on those ones that we've had, but not always, they're not always the best for us. And it's hard to step away from that. 
Yeah. And getting to know new people is work. It's sometimes it's easier when people just know your history and your habits. But again, you're you're hiding behind comfort. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes that can destroy us. So mm-hmm. yeah. But I loved Avery's willingness to, you know, try and be friends with Palmer and Lennox. But obviously, in the end, I think Lennox won her <laughs> best friend award, I think. Well, Lennox originally was such a like was not as involved in the book. I always knew that she was going to be, you know, Finn's cousin and assistant. Um, Actually, I think she just started off as Finn's assistant, but she just kept popping up and popping up in my head. And I just I liked her voice. I liked the dialogue. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to make her family. Otherwise, she's straight, you know, stalker status. She's just (laughs) over. But she I was surprised not surprised but I was very appreciative of how much she resonated with people so much so that it inspired you know snapshots so yeah (laughs) yeah um and so you mentioned Finn who we both loved adored this guy is amazing and it was really interesting also the fact that he seemed to have so many self-doubt issues as well but just Mm -hmm. completely different reasoning than um Avery his were much more like it was not physical. Obviously, he's this gorgeous man. Um, <laughs> but just like the mental toll that his past relationship took on him. It's it's interesting to see like how relationships can affect guys as well. I think we always, at least as me as a woman, I always assume that the woman's got emotional and mental baggage from a relationship. But I kind of forget that guys can go through that too, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was something that was really important for me to convey. And, you know, I've had some people be like, oh, well, you know, Finn's perfect from the start and he doesn't have much of a character arc. And I'm like, well, if you pay attention, actually, we talk about emotional abuse and he does go through that. And just Mm -hmm. even I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen at restaurants. I've seen it happen in public places where you just see a couple together and the guy is just shriveled Mm because, you know, he's just going to be berated. And I'm like, that definitely plays a toll, I think, on your um, self-worth and your self-confidence too. So it was very much a healing together kind of story mm-hmm. because they, they complemented each other. They had similar values and priorities and they just kind of had to fit like puzzle pieces. So, yes. Yeah. Their relationship was definitely fun to watch because, you know, they kind of started out as this like teacher student. And I, I love that Avery assumes that he's going to be this like sex God. She's like, of course he's perfect. He's beautiful. Of course he's like going to be amazing at sex. He could be my sex Amazing-ish. teacher. Right. <laughs> I love the assumption there. Um, But I like how it kind of started in that way. And then it kind of evolved. And like, what do you think made that evolution in their relationship happen? Well, I think Avery goes into that situation thinking it's going to be purely physical. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, she does. She makes a lot of assumptions about Finn, um, which some of them are correct, his history, you know, and and (laughs) his experience. But at the same time, I think she was very surprised to see that Finn approaches um, sex with a lot of intimacy. And so I think once she starts realizing that their connection is far more than physical and the reason that they have, you know, such great chemistry is because feelings are evolving. I, or yeah, they are evolving. And I, I think she was taken off guard by how invested Finn was into her. Like it becomes his personal mission to say like, I'm, he has a little bit of that complex where I don't want to see yet another woman lose herself in this false narrative. So he, he kind of takes it upon himself to say, if I can save her, I want to save her. But at the same time, she starts saving him. And so you've got all of these feelings, you've got kind of this 
dependency almost growing, like a healthier dependency than what we've seen in Avery's other relationships. But um, I don't think that I don't think there's even one interaction between them that is devoid of emotion. And so once Avery realizes that it's, it's over. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And I know, I mean, you mentioned his like dedication to making her see herself the way that he thinks she should. And that boudoir shoot. Oh man. I was loving that. Like I, I always wanted to do one, but I was like, Oh, that's cringy. I can't like do that in front of a person. It's weird. But I was like reading this. I was like, you know what? Maybe I can, maybe I can do this. Um, and I just like, I loved her confidence and like, I get being uncomfortable in front of the camera. Like I know Alex and I, we've done, we did a photo shoot and I was like, I can't, I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do with my face. It's just so uncomfortable. And it's like, I was fully clothed in that photo shoot. So I cannot imagine Avery going through this and then, but just like her getting to experience it and the how powerful she felt afterwards and like seeing the photos and truly loving them and loving herself is what, you know, that just made me so happy for her as a person, as a woman, like all of the things I, I loved that she was so confident and that Finn like really pushed her to do that for herself. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I always was worried about that scene because I didn't want, I didn't want Finn to come off as, you know, too aggressive about it. But at the same time, you know, when you have those friends who are like, no, no, like you you just have to try it. It'll change your life. And you kind of have to have that blind faith. And I think Mm -hmm. it was a big gesture on Avery's part to say, okay, you know what, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust that I need this. Um, and so it, it was a very like trustful moment for them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I guess like speaking of trust, kind of the other person besides Palmer who broke poor Avery's trust was Mason. Mm-hmm. That was, I was honestly like totally shocked at the ending of this book. I was not, I did not see it coming. So I love a good twist. I love a good surprise. I won't totally spoil it for everybody. But I mean, after their breakup, Avery and Mason's like, how do you think that helped her grow throughout this book? And how do you think like not being with Mason, but being with Finn helped play a part in that growth? Yeah, I think so. Avery in the middle of the book has this, maybe it's kind of towards the beginning, but she has this huge monologue about how she was so spooked because she said, I would have, I would have never known. Mm-hmm. I would have never known I wasn't happy. So I think it had to happen. Avery, I think is loyal a little bit to a fault, um, where she probably would have been, she would have put herself through this unsatisfying or unhappy or, you know, mediocre life. Um, to support and to appease Mason. And so I think he had to be the one to kind of cut her loose and then she could breathe and then she could see again. And I think what happened is all of the insecurities she was shoving down um, under the comfort blanket of, okay, I'm in a relationship. I'm where I'm supposed to be in my life. You know, I have a job and she thinks she's getting married. Um, And once that security blanket is kind of ripped away from her and she has to face all of these things that she hasn't been facing, I think what she does is she, she has a lot of questions. And so she latches on to, you know, what's, what's nearby that's Finn and in her opening up her heart, because her relationship with Finn is in her mind, there's no risk. It's temporary. She's leaving. So she kind of (laughs) just goes Goes all in. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but Ironically, in opening her heart and being that vulnerable, she, you know, forms one of the most deep, intimate um, connections she's ever formed. And so I think I think she says it at the end of the book where she's like, I I'll never admit it out loud, but 
I'm grateful for Mason. I'm grateful for what he did because he set me free. You know, I needed to see it. So yeah, I think that's great. And I think I mean, there's plenty of people that get stuck in relationships. We all probably did at one point. So but it is once you can like look back on it, it's amazing the perspective that you get. Yeah. So that's really great. Um, And I think like, when okay, so when I was reading this, I obviously envisioned characters in my head. And so I was curious, did you like if you had to pick celebrities to play Finn and Avery, would you like do you already know who you would cast if this, you know, got picked up for Netflix or something? You know, okay, I'm gonna be so lame. <laughs> no, you're gonna hate my answer because it's not fun. I I sort of do. I have a couple people in my mind, but I never tell people, and here's why. Okay. Avery to me is a very she is a character that I wanted a lot of people to be able to resonate with. And for me, the minute somebody gets casted or the minute someone mentions a celebrity, it's stuck in my head and it never goes away. And I'm like, it's over. <laughs> it's that's, that's totally fair. So I'm like, I, I can't even say it because I want I want people to see themselves as Avery. I want them to picture their own Finn. I want them to just have that, that joy, that fantasy live in that place where there's security and support. And so I, I almost don't want to go bursting any bubbles with my opinions. And plus, I swear it changes every week. I'll say, like, oh my gosh, that looks like Avery's eyes or, you know, whatever. Even getting the character art created was so difficult. My poor character artist was like, so can you send me like example images? I'm like, no, no, here's the description. <laughs> I'm just going to need you to make magic. <laughs> so. No, but I love that. I think that's great, honestly, because you're right. I think if, if you said, you know, she looks like Rihanna, you'd be like, oh, well, I can't relate anymore because you can see it. Yeah. yeah, I can't see it. I mean, Rihanna's drop dead gorgeous. And so it's like, obviously, I understand why people would be attracted to her. But it's like, Rihanna and I are so different. So like, obviously, I couldn't be Avery. So no, I think that's I think that's a great answer, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And it was not to digress. But I, I think it was a very tr- tricky subject. It's always kind of scary for an author to write about something like body positivity, because there was a lot of debate between what's curvy and what's plus size. And for me personally, just not only as an author, but as a human being, I'm I'm never going to be the person to assign a size to a description. Um, I, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Curvy can be whatever you want it to be. Plus size can be whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just wanted people to resonate with Avery's internal dialogue and her insecurities, and at times her self-deprecation, which it's heartbreaking to read, but it's reality, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I am like, look, Avery could be a size two, she could be a size 22. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> I love that. But also, like, to your point, I joke with Sarah that every, like, male lead that I low-key fall in love with is some version of Henry Cavill. <laughs> and so if you... <laughs> told me anyone other than him I would have immediately been disappointed so I I get where you're coming from right right oh man that's funny I I actually get that a lot (laughs) (laughs) he can play any role I'm just saying yeah range he's a very talented actor yeah sure um so anyway uh let's let's pivot a little bit and talk about like writing this book and and writing books in general so Mm -hmm. What advice would you have for somebody who wants to get into being an author? Yeah, um, I, I swear every time I get asked this question, it's, it changes depending on where I am 
in my current other journey. Um, what I would say right now is the only thing you can really hold on to, and there's going to be a lot of noise. The minute you put yourself out there and you're vulnerable and you hit publish and, and your story is out there and the opinions start kind of like flooding in, the only thing you have to hold on to is your truth and your authenticity. And what I say is you can control what you write. You can't control what people read. And I'm not talking about sales and, you know, selling your book and such. I'm talking about the lens in which people view the world, um, the type of friendships they have, the type of families they have, their current mentality, their, their current stress level is going to affect how they read your book and how they perceive it and what they say about it. Um, so when you go into writing a story, make sure you understand the purpose, like hold on to your truth, know the message you were trying to convey. Um, because it does get, it does get messy. It does get muddied out there. So like write with a purpose. Don't, don't try to just pander to a specific trope or a specific audience. I think that's the way to kind of in the tough times, remember why you're doing this and have the confidence to keep going. It's just like, hold on to your authenticity. I did not convey that well, but that's where I was going. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. I think it's so, it's so easy for people to think like, oh, this is what's popular or this is what I, I'm seeing other people are doing and it's working and I want it to work. And it's like, no, what pe people, what resonates with people is that authenticity at the end of the day. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. I can't yeah. tell you how many people ask me when I'm going to write a hockey romance. And I'm like, guys, absolutely. <laughs> listen, there's a sucker for the hockey romance. I'm kind of obsessed. Kaylee, like, if you do, please help me because I would love to read it because your book was so steamy. Like, whoa, I'll put some hockey players in there. Yes, please. The way I see it is like, I, so I never really grew up watching hockey. I know I was in Colorado, so it was right there. Um, but I was definitely more of like a football girly. And so like hockey was never a thing. So I would have to go learn hockey. Okay. I would have to go watch it. Instead. And listen, there's so many amazing authors who are just doing the dang thing. I'm like, y'all got it handled. I'm going to write something. Else. <laughs> I love it. Well, um, speaking of other authors, I know you mentioned earlier that you're reading a lot of your friends' books, um, but curious, who are some authors that you admire? Is it some of those friends or are there some that are maybe more well-known? Who do you want to share with us? Yeah. Um, well, I admire all of my author friends. I think they're, it, it just takes an incredible amount of you know dedication to be an indie author these days, especially when you're juggling, you know, multiple parts of your life. But yeah. one author that I, the author that got me into loving romance stories is a YA author, Sarah Dessen. Um, I, oh, still have, yeah. Yeah, I still have her books actually right here. Um, I still keep these and I buy them in every edition they come out. Um, yeah, I still love her to this day. I still will go back. I don't really read YA. They are the only YA books I'll read. Um, but she has been she was my first introduction to like, like love stories, but that had this emotional connection where you could like really mm -hmm. resonate with characters. I think she inspired me to say like, Hey, you can make friends through stories. You can like fall in love through stories. Um, and obviously her books being YA, there's not, <laughs> they're not quite what I write. <laughs> um, but I just remember she was the first author who really made me like feel through words. And mm -hmm. so I still treasure her to this day. 
I love that. Yes. God, God bless the YA authors that like <laughs> keep us in it and going during those years. Yeah, it's hard. It's a triumph to keep, not to sound like an old person, but it's a triumph to keep like teens reading. And so, oh, absolutely. We love it. Um, well, okay. We were obsessed with your book, as we have mentioned. Um, I'm not sure exactly. Cause I know some romance authors will like write other books in the same like world. Like, are we going to see Finn and Avery in any future books? Yeah. So Camera Shy is getting, I don't quite know yet whether to call it a duet or a companion novel because it is about a different couple, but we, um, we will be getting Lennox's story. And- <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, and actually that story will be, um, is set to be produced in audio as well. So I'm hoping if we can line things up right, maybe I'll have my first official book and audio release at the same time. We'll see. Um, but yes, uh, Finn and Avery will definitely be making an appearance in that book. Um, and yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to dive back in. T- tell us more about that book and what else is on the horizon for you. When does that one come out? That one's set for next year. So I do have some projects before it. So in November will be the release of my first romantic suspense. Like I said, I, I really write all over the place, which from a marketing standpoint is maybe foolish, but that's just (laughs) my heart is. Um, And I really do like to, I think my romantic suspense, or I call it like a romantic action. I, I try to describe it as, Imagine if John Wick met a steamy romance. That's kind of where incredible. <laughs> we're headed with it. I, I, I love I'm that. Still in our pre-marketing phases where I'm trying to figure out how to explain this book, but um, I'm a big action lover. Um, I think that's probably why my husband tolerates me because on movie nights we're picking the same movies, so it's great. Um, <laughs> but that was just a little piece of my heart I wanted to share with that series. So that book, um, the first book in that series is called Whistleblower. So that will be coming out in November. Um, and then after that, I will be wrapping up my contemporary romance series, Love Me in the 303. Book five is coming out early next year. Um, and that will wrap that series up. And then we will see um, Snapshot will probably be the release after that. Amazing. That's so much. You have so much happening in the next year. Look at I you do, just I like really- whipping books out left and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually do have the entirety of 2024 planned out already for releases. So wow, like, I got the assignments. I just got to do them now. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Well, um, Kay, if folks want to, you know, connect with you, where can they find you? Yeah, so I, um, I actually do a lot of my announcements through my reader group and my newsletter. So if you go to my website, um, kcove.com, there's information there on how to join the group or how to get on the newsletter. Um, but I also do a lot of um, updates on Instagram. So that's just at author K Cove. And then I occasionally am on TikTok when I feel like getting in front of the camera, but sometimes <laughs> I like to go on there and have fun. And that's also at author K Cove. Um, and that's basically, our, I believe I have a Twitter account. If it's in use, it's not me. I haven't touched that. <laughs> I've logged in in like a year, so don't, don't go there. Don't go is there. anyone on Twitter anymore? I, I don't know. Well, it's called it X now. now. It's not, yeah, even, it's Twitter. not even Twitter. It's not Twitter anymore. It's called I X. So. X. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm very behind the curve. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, so. Kate, it was such a pleasure getting to know you and talking to you about your book. Once again, we're obsessed. Thank you so much for sending it our way and sharing it with the world. Yes. Um, for those who haven't yet, please go check out Camera Shy. It will change your life and make your day because you're not going to be able to put it down. You're going to read it in a day. Yeah. Uh, but Kate, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you guys. This was such a blast. Thanks again for having me. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to A Court of Fairies and Fangirls, a Sarah J. Mass fan podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe, and let us know what you think. Check out our Patreon for more ways to support and connect with us for as low as $1 a month. You can also find us on Instagram at, at @fairiesandfangirls. Jump in on the conversation, and we look forward to chatting with you more next week. Bye. Bye.